Hello and welcome back to Cloud Spotting. Um, we're back another month later, and um, this time we thought, you know, we we had the commercial chaps in last time, mm -hmm. and it all got very businessy, didn't it? Too businessy to too be businessy. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I lost track for a bit in we between got, there. We got to get back on the tech. We did. That's we what did. I'm hearing. My, yeah. my blood's itching for it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna. I think we're gonna do a little bit of a, a techie deep dive today. Uh, but enough about that just now. What have you been up to, Sai, for the last month? Uh, struggling a bit. I've got a really bad bug going on, so I've been in and out of uh, being well and unwell. And, Is this like uh, every time we're on the show, you talk about? Yeah, I know. It's, oh, you're it's ill, or you've got hay fever, or I, I share too much, man. I share my <laughs> bugs as well, and I, and I take on too much as well. <laughs> this is why I don't sit next to you out of choice when we record. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I know <laughs> you don't share enough, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> so beyond the bugs, you know, is it, have you been doing anything, you know, work related, for example? Actually, I have been. There's been uh, loads of stuff recently about. Um, uh, big customers going to Azure for some reason. There's been a huge spark about it. I don't know if you've seen it as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's, for some reason. Uh, I think Mark, maybe Microsoft's doing some campaign. Mm. But we having Azure a lot month. more Azure Month indeed. Mm. Uh, probably also end of the year and stuff mm -hmm. coming up for quite a few customers. So yeah, it seems a bigger pricing. Interesting. Okay. Well, I do I do lots of Google. So um, of course. Yeah. Well, my team has been doing a lot a lot of Google of late. So, I know. Um, I see your certifications are all coming nicely <laughs> yeah. through. We have for those for those who uh, who don't know much about Rackspace as a company, we we like to have flags above our desks for when we pass exams. Um, so I'm a bit of a flag collector. <laughs> yeah. I, you can see that. We need to post a picture of that. Then oh, we yeah. get the picture. Yeah. We get idea. it on. We get it on Twitter. Yeah, but other other than that, um, the other thing we're doing. So we talk about two kinds of clouds there, Azure and Google. We've been mm -hmm. working on a little bit of um, document rationalization. So looking at um, is it possible to utilize the same primary set of documentation for doing architecture on multiple clouds? So where are the challenges around? You know, what are the what the differences and the similarities? And you know, can you pull it all? So. That's been a really interesting project for the last that's, couple of weeks. That's a really good point because I think uh, since we did the well-architected framework, mm. there's been a lot of discussions, at least internally, around how do we expand that into multiple clouds and a good documentation is a good starting point. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, so back to the nerdiness. We have Indeed. a special guest, don't we? We do, we do. So, yeah, so just coming back to the point, I think uh, we want to go back to our roots. We want to go back to te technology, you know, the, the, the beautiful technology out there. <laughs> And uh, I think we have the uh, the right guest today to bring us back into the fray. So um, I think that today's topic is going to be more uh, focused on sort of the tech side of things like CDN and uh, WAF, and it's not a well-architected framework. It's a different WAF. A different WAF. A different WAF. Um, so it's the web application firewall, and we talk a bit about DDoS. So without uh, without any delay, um, I'd like to welcome our uh, our guest for today, Thomas or Tomac. Will you please introduce yourself and give us a quick background for our listeners? Uh, good morning, good afternoon. Depends which time zone you live. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Alex, thank you for having me on board. It's an absolute pleasure uh, to be on your show. Uh, Tomek Zhukovsky, or Tomas Zhukovsky. That's why we didn't say it. We didn't want to butcher it, you think. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know me, I'm solution architect here in Rackspace. I work with Alex and Sai and our fantastic customers to... Uh, to take the best of the technology, really. Uh, I'm a portfolio architect. 
That means I get a chance to work all across the stack, all across the technology within the space. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I think this is the most exciting part of my work. For sure. Awesome. And uh, how long have you been at Rackspace now, Tom? Uh, I joined Rackspace end of last year. Uh, so it's been exciting, well, nine months for me mm-hmm. now. Uh, Time flies, eh? Yes, too fast. Definitely <laughs> too fast. <laughs> and prior to Rackspace, I've worked for a few other companies, predominantly, again, uh, architecting um, and the pre-sales roles within mid-market, working with the technology as well. So cool. very similar role uh, to what I do in Rackspace. Cool. Thanks for that, Tomek. Uh, I think we have a, a good introduction, so I think we go straight in. Um, today's episode, we're going to talk more about, and we're bringing it back into security, uh, back in the fray, because we've had a few discussions with our customers talking about cloud-based solutions, uh, dedicated solutions, and kind of gives requires some more background and some more discussion around how do we choose, how do we go around this. So a, a holistic view of security, regardless of platform, you could almost Bingo. say. <laughs> I could almost say that absolutely. Uh, so absolutely. So I think I think going straight in, let's ask the big question. I want to take a step back. I know I know a lot of listeners out there probably know a lot of these things that we're talking about because they must have come across. Uh, but I want to take a step back and sort of make sure we have the groundwork established. So if we go back a step and say let's talk about CDN, let's talk about content delivery networks. Um, Tomak, could could you give us a brief introduction into CDN and sort of let's then discuss the different types. Absolutely, Sai. Thank you. Uh, content delivery network. Uh, think about a lot of computers interconnected, uh, geographically uh, spread across the globe. Or uh, what the role is to take a content from the web server, uh, static content from the web server, then replicate it geographically, and serve the users based on the geographical location. So that's the idea of content delivery networks. So you can bring content, web content, closer to users. Right. Yeah. So that's in general what content delivery network is. And what's what's the? So we are going to touch on the security side of it yeah. later. But as I said, this is the we're kind of starting from the basics. So we've got our content delivery network. We've got a number of nodes all over the globe, and they're mm-hmm. used to accelerate the performance of those applications. What other kind of benefits are are, are you know, users or either end users or companies going to get from utilizing things like a, a content delivery network? Uh, that's excellent question. Uh, it's a very deep question because there are loads of benefits. Uh, we can talk about them. Uh, the, the major benefits is obviously improved performance. Or if you look from the user perspective, uh, it's a better user experience. Mm-hmm. So for a company, uh, on site, our company delivers content quicker, uh, but in the end of the day, it's how it's measured is what the user satisfaction and, and user experience. So, mm-hmm. uh, by minimizing the lag or the latency of the package going back and forth, back and forth between user browser and, and a server, uh, we can minimize the latency. So, in the long term, display a web page quicker. Okay. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 uh, so that's useful for the user perspective. I'm guessing that the companies are going to benefit as well from their users having a faster access and a better user experience. Uh, oh yes, definitely. Uh, from the from user experiences, we talk about the user conversion. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that today, mm-hmm. uh, users, especially mobile users, they are expecting a web page to be loaded very very quickly. 
Mm. Uh, I can see myself very often browsing from my mobile phone and really getting irritated about the web page not loading. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, uh, and the truth is that uh, you know there are some some interesting articles published all around the website by the content delivery network providers and other vendors. Uh, and one which I quite like to quote mm-hmm. is, the, is a paperwork uh, published by one of the biggest CDN providers, mm-hmm. Akamai Networks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Online, Online Retail Performance Report. Okay. And they, on the back of the the one uh, the the one list uh, released in 2017, which is mm-hmm. last year, uh, they claim three interesting things. One is that. 53% of mobile visitors would actually leave the web page if it takes longer than three seconds to load. Wow. Think about three seconds. That's mm-hmm. not that much. <laughs> no. Exactly. Uh, We're saying human attention spans are getting really <laughs> short. Oh, God, yeah. There's a huge strain of ADD going on there. <laughs> yeah. And if we go back to conversion rates, they also claim 100 milliseconds latency would drop the conversion by 7%. So if you think wow. about these real time, real life numbers, that is a scary for a business. That yeah. could be a scary for a business, especially if you e-commerce website and and you fight for every customer online. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and thinking about those numbers, it sounds to me that a CDN is not as simple as just caching and making it quicker. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of interesting and intriguing technology in there. Mm. There's there's things like dynamic content and static content and differentiation. And we talked about mobile phones. Well, a lot of CDNs actually do conversion of pages as well, representation of pages. So Mm -hmm. your web page, as a programmer, you probably don't have to develop it for a desktop versus a laptop versus a tablet versus a mobile phone. Mm. Most CDNs can actually do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Absolutely, yes. Uh, there are additional services which can be deployed. That kind of shows how content delivery network evoluted mm-hmm. uh, over over the period of a time. Because if we think about content delivery network and its native, very native feature mm-hmm. set is caching static content. Mm-hmm. When we mean by yes. static content, we think yeah. So what do we mean by static content? Yeah, uh, <laughs> pictures, video, sound. Mm-hmm. That's that's the obvious ones. Yeah, but. Uh, often omitted is the JavaScripts mm, uh, and right. also the style sheets. You know, every time script needs to be downloaded to execute it within a browser, that's mm-hmm. a delay. So, right. so that's the CDN edit natives. But then going to what you pointed out, side, the CDN network evoluted. So mm-hmm. if I think about modern CDN network these days, it's uh, it's this sort of content optimization, let's call it a content optimization. Mm-hmm. When uh, it's when my content and the quality of my content uh, it's and the type of the content I'm serving to my end user, it's not just based on the geographical location anymore. Mm-hmm. It's based on the browser, screen size, and mm-hmm. also the type of the connection. And a good example, and a simple example, is if I've got a mobile user on a bad connection with a slow speed connection, I would serve my my images in a lower resolution mm. to speed up the delivery. Right. Yeah. So uh, versus somebody with a 4K screen, <laughs> or a, you know, or you see that they're coming off an eye, you know, an eye device of some form, and you want to give them the maximum resolution because they probably if they spend that much money on the screen, they're probably going to spend a lot on your e-commerce website as well, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, probably. But then if you give them two seconds to wait for the image to come up before they hit buy, it's too late. It's too late. You mm. lost him. Interesting. 
So you mentioned right. So we got static comment, uh, content, and then what? What, what's the opposite of that then? So we have dynamic content. I've heard this term. So can you just talk through what's the difference between those two? Uh, yes. So static content generally in those terms is a content which doesn't change based mm -hmm. on a user profile or user, uh, user specifics. Mm -hmm. So set pictures, video, sound, some scripts which are yep. being executed. Well, the dynamic content, on the other hand, is the content which is changing based on the user characteristics and requests. And mm -hmm. simple example could be database queries. Yeah. Uh, I, I know we're, we're going to catch me on caching the, <laughs> the database queries. <laughs> but, uh, but in a general term, uh, a lot of the queries are unique. Mm -hmm. That means that they're very difficult to cache. Yeah, so if I go in and I do a really specific search filter for an item I want to buy from an e-com website or something like that, then it could be a very, very random and you know set of search criteria and so generate a very specific page just to me that not that many other people are going to ever see. Indeed. Yes, or updating shopping basket. Yeah. Uh, you would expect the shopping basket to be unique per yeah. customer. Mm -hmm. uh, so every time you update, the shopping basket needs to be updated. So mm -hmm. that's what we call dynamic content, which in general is is difficult to be cached. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the one that the one that because we had a little bit of a chat about this uh, a few days ago, and the one that I I've always found interesting because I do a bit of blogging in my spare time, and um, I use WordPress as a site. And yeah. WordPress, uh, if you think about that, that data is stored in a database. The data for the actual uh, what you've written as part of your article. Um, but the reality is that doesn't change from user to user. I don't rewrite my blog for everybody who, <laughs> who accesses the site. So actually, you can end up potentially improving the performance of, a, of an application by not having to hit the database every time for the same content, can you? So we could have, I don't really know what the right term for that is, but I kind of call it semi-dynamic content. So something you could change, but probably doesn't very often. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, there's a good adaptation of that, exactly what you said. So... Uh, yeah, absolutely. So the static dynamic and the semi-dynamic. Semi-dynamic kind of actually banks a lot on the region of interest mm -hmm. op option. So you could have a web page with static and dynamic content and content specifically that changes based on the user, on the type of device, on the query. So it's kind of like neither static mm -hmm. nor dynamic. Mm -hmm. it, it could it could be generated at runtime or it could be cached. So it's really handy and that helps a lot. So for example, things like if, you, if you're booking a... Uh, ticket for a for a concert mm -hmm. the the images on the page are static mm -hmm. the the actual basket is dynamic because you're going through a dynamic e-commerce process but then if you think about it the actual availability or the number of tickets available could be static or dynamic because mm -hmm. depending on on where you're visiting from and what time and how the transactions <laughs> are taking place so it's really complex and it's not as simple as static and dynamic unfortunately so depending on the kind of site you don't just turn it on you could turn it on and, and limit what you're caching or you to, to kind of maximize the benefits. Would it be fair to say then that you should probably be working with your developers to optimize that site exactly. to use CDN in the best way it can? Exactly. Is that fair to say? What do you think, Tom? Uh, I agree. Uh, well, I can't disagree with that. But important thing to add perhaps is that we can also use CDN to help with our dynamic queries and dynamic mm -hmm. help. And uh, often omitted thing when you think about CDN is that we can use the backbone connectivity uh, oh. to increase that latency between a static front end and a back end database, which mm -hmm. is updating. So, mm -hmm. um, 
So content delivery network can help uh, delivering packets quicker between the edge location uh, and, and our source database as well. Uh, right, yeah. So the, these, the big CDM providers, the likes of your Akamai's, your Cloudflare's, your Encapsulas, et cetera, et cetera, they've, they've got their own networks, their own backbone networks. And what you're saying is that depending on the scenario, you might actually be able to take advantage of their backbone networks rather than worrying about standard internet routing, that kind of thing. Uh, yes, correct. But also they, they're constantly checking the connectivity and they've, they've got location all around the world. So uh, interestingly, they are using their own edge location and server nodes to actually pass the packets between them so they can optimize the routing as well so you're not on the mercy of a bgp internet general bgp anymore <laughs> you can use the optimized routing of the content delivery networks to actually deliver packets quicker ah cool that's interesting and th so then i guess uh you know we so we've seen a benefit there in terms of the page load we've seen a benefit from it being able to optimize your application even over large distances um, but I imagine as well, I mean, if, if you look at the way that cloud is working, um, there's got to be some cost benefits here because if I'm moving my entire platform onto a, onto a cloud provider these days, I get charged for outbound bandwidth. So oh, for yeah. every page I'm delivering, I'm, being, I'm paying for that, aren't I? So, bandwidth is gold in the cloud world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, my internet bandwidth at home is getting bigger <laughs> and bigger, but so is the bill for the cloud provider. Yeah. Always does. The yeah. number of zeros just goes up and up. Yeah. Absolutely, Alex. We we do see a lot of potential cost saving mm -hmm. uh, to be achieved with cloud uh, cloud delivery networks implementations. Uh, it it's always good to talk about this return on investment terms. Uh, mm. With every IT project, uh, you know we we need to see the true cost of it and actually what benefits we get and. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the things where content delivery helps is the cost optimization on the infrastructure. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, as you said, we have bandwidth. I'll, I'll take a step back. And if we make an assumption that we can cache up to 95% of the content, mm -hmm. uh, let's take that number. That's a chunky number, but okay, we'll go with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to go with 80. He still proves <laughs> the point. Uh, if you think about 80%, yeah. Automatically, you can think uh, if I don't, as if content delivery networks delivers 80% of my traffic, I can cut down that 80% of the traffic. Mm. So it's a bandwidth, but also the, uh, the, the payload, the load on my infrastructure, mm -hmm. I, I can potentially size it down uh, on an elastic cloud. That's where you automatically see the, uh, see the benefits of, of that. It's the infrastructure cost, memory, yeah. CPU. Well, yeah, it's 80% 80, 80 less traffic passing through my switching infrastructure, 80% fewer IOPS against my backend you know, storage if I'm delivering you know, uh, images and so forth. And so less, there's, certainly a, yeah. there's definitely a benefit there. And less servers to spin up in an auto-scaling group, if you think about it. Yep. Yeah. And automatically, in addition to that, you are building the uh, high-load resilient infrastructure. Mm. If you think about... Uh, Edge location being 120,000 servers around the globe, uh, you know you you are capable of massive loads, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, and your website can can resist that load. So it, it definitely helps, and it's interesting to think about those benefits mm -hmm. when you start thinking about your ROE mm -hmm. uh, and exactly. actually uh, trying to find funds and justify funds for it because mm -hmm. it just more than just end user experience. There are a lot of little things uh, which can help. Hey, it's a quick quick checkbox thing as well. So even if you're a small business, a small startup, a new website, 
you could easily take advantage of the economies of scale here. Mm-hmm. Just having an ACDN network means you got now caching of a million of servers, millions mm-hmm. of servers up there, which you don't need to function, run, pay for. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I, uh, I'll use myself as an example. Mm-hmm. Go back to that blog I was talking about. Um, I previously just used to run it on a normal server, uh, you know, like a, a cheap hosting provider. And then uh, afterwards, I added a CDN on the front end of it. Um, and then one of my posts ended up on Reddit. <laughs> and if I hadn't done that, uh, my web server would have been flattened yeah. quite frankly. <laughs> can you imagine that? Um, and so it, it definitely, even just from a very simplistic level, a very small site, there's definitely benefits to be had. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you go further up the stack. But the other one that I actually... Um, so actually, we'll t- we'll touch on security later, but I think there's an interesting point there too. Um, there's one thing I wanted to understand though um, from you, Tomac, which is the two different terms. There's a couple of different kinds of content and del- content delivery network, aren't there? There's like I keep he- hear these terms push and pull. So can you, you know, I'm think I'm thinking like you know the push me pull me thing from the, yeah, the kids stories, <laughs> but but what 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 is the whole pushing and pulling of of content? What's that all about? Um, yes, that takes us back to the fundamentals of how the content gets delivered from the source to uh, to edge. Mm-hmm. And as name suggests, with a push, it's been pushed. Mm-hmm. And with a pull, it's been pulled. And uh, it's no other way of explaining that. But <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, if I enable content delivery network, which is a push type, mm-hmm. I'm responsible to seed that content first to my CDN network. So push okay. that content or upload that content to a content delivery network and then redirect my URLs within particular objects of my web page where I want to be hosted within a CDN. So it's potentially a bit of a bit of development changes, a bit of manual administrative changes and some kind of effort on your behalf. Uh Yes, yes. Uh, I think it's fair to say that it's got some administrative overhead yep. uh, mm-hmm. involved. Okay. You might automated or streamlined using some some uh, some tools to do mm-hmm. that uh, but not going too deep into that uh, the pool content is much easier to deploy because it's could be as simple as enabling CDN pointing into my web server and then what happens is the first request which hits CDN network would actually pull that content which is requested right. from my web server and then being redistributed across CDN so mm-hmm. Slightly different foundation, how both work. Slightly different concept. Both has got pros and cons. We highlighted the administrative overhead for the push. Uh, the, the less administrative overhead required for the pull. Um, so these are the two main differences. Uh, I think there is a room for both. Mm-hmm. If you, The good idea of the push is, if let's say you've got a package, any type of package which you want to redistribute, mm-hmm. Uh, from day one across multiple then you might think I'm going to upload it in my own time in my own pace and be ready for that push and think about updates Mm -hmm. think about Windows updates or any iOS updates I've uploaded the package and then it's ready Mm -hmm. with a pool uh, really the first request would saturate everything right okay good point there yeah yeah so with a push you can during quiet periods if you're making changes you can then upload that content and make it not impact your yeah. production so there's there's something else there that you've that i'm interested in then so so let's say for example i've got a version of my software and then or i've got a version of my web page and then i update it what's the what's the impact on that depending on if i'm pushing or pulling uh 
content caching. Yes. That's, yeah, that's that's the that's what we use for invalidating content within a content delivery network itself. But, so we flush the content. Correct, right. and basically start from scratch. But uh, it's not the preferred way of doing it. For okay. Many. Uh, I've heard some. Uh, I've heard some suggestions that you should really never have to invalidate content or flush content in content delivery network. Mm. Uh, well, instead, what we do, we do uh, we introduce the versioning. Right. So rather than replacing the objects, you release new objects mm-hmm. and and uh, rename them. So mm. you never have to flush content. And uh, just to give some uh, some monetary terms instead of that, some content providers would actually uh, will actually charge you heavily uh, monetary for flushing the content. Oh, okay, yeah. So like if I flush one file versus flushing all my files, doing yeah. the latter is going to cost me more money. Mm-hmm. Correct, and I've heard that in some cases it's easier to close the distribution and start the new CDN fresh rather oh, than right. trying to invalidate loads of content. Yeah, but, I, mean, I think it would be very extreme. It would be, it would be. I can imagine. I mean, if you think about a provider having 250 edge locations with hundreds of servers in each location and having to push your website, the entire website, to mm. every point, that would take a lot of effort on their backbone as well. So. This flushing mechanism, uh, does it work for both push and pull? Or is it specifically for push? Uh, it would work for both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would work both, yes. There, there is a built-in mechanism when you have to quickly invalidate the content. You could use that. Okay. Cool. Cool. Sounds good. So we talked about flushing. We talked about different types uh, of, of CDN providers. Let's let's jump around a bit. So we, we talked about things like providers and what they do. When do you actually go for a, how do you look, find a provider? So for example, I've heard mm. uh, when we talk Good about question. AWS solutions, when you talk about Azure solutions or GCP solutions, they're cloud provider solutions, right? So all the big third-party clouds have their own exactly. CDN, don't they? Yeah. So then, why would you use them versus? Akamai, for example, or, or mm. Cloudflare. They, those are third-party providers. So what do you choose? Is there any, anything you can say? Uh, that's a very interesting question, and I don't think there is one answer to that. But generally, the the native uh, CDNs, which which comes the product from the uh, public cloud providers, mm-hmm. uh, they're nice and clean solution if you just want to cache the content and deliver it quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we, there's a little bit more to it. Uh, I, I like the lambda lambda the edge. And exactly. edge, uh, edge computing, which mm-hmm. we can cover in a second. Uh, but in general, it's a content delivery network, which is built in and highly integrated uh, with my distribution, which just works. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But as CDN evoluted over years, we've talked about all the additional bells and whistles yep. and all the additional services which can be delivered. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're looking for additional services, content optimization, which we talked about, image mm-hmm. optimization delivery, mm-hmm. or security products we've even a CDN, mm-hmm. that's when my you want to look into third-party providers. Right, mm. so you can basically bolt all of those different things into one edge solution. Uh, that is correct, yes. Simple right. management uh, all works together. Mm-hmm. And working with uh, the big uh, vendors like Akamai, Cloudflare, Imperva, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally have got a feeling that, it's, that CDN is a foundation. And that's actually what what's not what the core of business is. Mm. I think these providers moved on to sort of security a lot, mm-hmm. right? And that's where 
where where the core of the ASM and the CDN is a foundation to deliver other services. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And an interesting point on that is that I maybe not recently, but it has been for a while. You could do Akamai through Azure, which is very interesting to me when I first looked at it because that was. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it's a cloud provider and they're integrating it with a third-party CDN mm-hmm. provider, which actually makes a lot of sense. So basically, are we saying that then, in short, if you've got a simple website without any additional features of CDN that you want, just use the native mm-hmm. CDN provider from your cloud. But if you need all the additional bells and whistles, you need functionality, need more intelligence, probably look at other features as well. I think it's fair to say, yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring in the old... The old term multi-cloud here. Hey, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Because just from what you're saying there, actually, um, you know, I could I could CDN my site if it's running on AWS, or I could CDN it on Azure. But if I've got an organization who's got multiple platforms, mm-hmm. multiple applications, all internet-facing, but perhaps running on more than one platform, then I would look at using something like a third-party CDN to overlay the whole lot, uh, potentially. And, and then if it's that running way, Kubernetes... <laughs> <laughs> I had to bring it in. Yeah, we haven't spe- talked about Special K for the exactly. entire episode, have we? Exactly. Yeah. So, hey, if you're running Special K in the cloud, <laughs> but you need a CDN provider anyways. <laughs> so, uh, do you know what? I think we have a challenge here because we actually wanted to talk about all those security things that we've just referenced. I think so. But I we've run we out of time. We have. And, so that and didn't really work very well, did it? I don't think we planned this episode. No, I think I think we have a lot to talk and uh, and and we have a lot to discuss. And Tomac has been really good. He's got lots of information to us. So I suggest we should roll this up with a part one and part two. That's a good idea. Yeah. So let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, we'll talk about CDN today. We've we've had a lot of information. We've had a lot of discussion. I think it's been great. Mm. Uh, I, I think our viewers will agree too. Uh, and guys and girls, if you think you want to add to this, you want to talk about more about CDN, you want to contribute you want to comment on something we said please let us know let us mm. know and we will talk about it in more detail but i guess it's very important to say watch out for part two part two is we're going to go into more detail on cdn especially focus on the security side of things uh we still haven't talked about waf yep it's not, all about the waf no it's all about the waf <laughs> ddos and ddos mitigation exactly so um i think we should wrap this up here but we've had a very interesting episode. Uh, I'm sure you guys will like it. We've had uh, two amazing Polish people in here talking in, in Polish, which Alex and I don't understand. Absolutely. Didn't understand a word of it. I think we should get translate some kind of translate app in here. <laughs> but no, fantastic. We've had a great episode. I think everybody, please look out for part two, where we go into a lot more detail on security, RAF and DDoS. Um, so... Like we say, we're going to be back in another four weeks or so with yep. another episode, possibly part two of this one, possibly another subject. We're going to have to we'll look at the scheduling, have a little cheeky look, maybe speak to Carolina, our producer. Um, we'll ply her with biscuits, seeing as she's obviously not plying us with biscuits. Um, maybe we'll get some more medicine for Sai in between now and then. Yeah, uh, I'm not maybe. saying you're hypochondriac, but Dude, you know, I got, dot, hopefully, dot, dot. hopefully I'm alive <laughs> for the next episode, but I'll try to be. I want, I want to cover this security thing before we... Before, before I you die. Yeah. This is where we're going. Before I kick it. Right, okay. Um, so in the meantime, if you can do us a great favor and just log on to iTunes or log on to Stitcher and just give us a little review because that really helps us kind of get the message out there and get the show out there with more listeners and helps us keep doing this because, frankly, this is much more fun than doing normal work. Right? <laughs> um, Don't tell my boss. <laughs> yeah. uh, but in the meantime, you can also join the conversation. As I said earlier on, if you use Twitter and the hashtag SpottingClouds, 
um, we monitor all the time and we get involved in the conversation. So thank you very much for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. See you next time. Goodbye. Thank you.